This is a stupid show. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. I sent you a, a news story today from our local news station, and you're making fun of me now, or something. No, because I don't really understand it, so you got to explain it to me. Our local news here in South Carolina is so bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're in a tiny little town in South Carolina that I'm surprised you have a local news station. We have three. <laughs> four sorry i worked at the fourth one i forgot <laughs> we had four and the whole time i'm working at the fourth tv station in town i i would bitch at my boss all the time going our anchors can't even read <laughs> we have the worst anchors in town oh no and so to me it's comedy when i watch a story and then I got to send it to you just to see if you can make any sense out of it. Yeah, I didn't understand this at all. Let's let's play it. Play <laughs> play the video you sent me, and it didn't. I didn't think it was even in English. I was first. It took me a second to figure out what country it came from, and then I saw that it was South Carolina. So I thought, well, that's here. <laughs> <laughs> that's this country. <laughs> that's this country. But so I came from wrong far. That my outside building on for, and they got my house on for. What? <laughs> what is that? What is he saying? I, I understood none of that. He said he came home and his house was on fire. <laughs> no, that's not what he said. Play that again. Okay, he said he said my house was on fire. But said I came for on for. That my outside building on for, and they got my house on for. No, well, that's not what that is. <laughs> He said my house was on fire. For they got my house on fire. When I came home, my house was on fire. I saw. What did he say? That what part does he say? That he doesn't. When does he say that? That my outside building on fire. They got my house on fire. <laughs> he comes back though too. He's okay. And this other guy, he he's a he's a different guy. He's going to tell you about the far. All we can really go on is just hope we don't we ain't next. We're hoping now. But they'll catch catch them, catch him or, or whoever them, and uh, we won't have to worry about it no more. What what is this? <laughs> what language is this? He's telling you this? a story. He's telling you a story. <laughs> Everybody here been here for sixty something years. We ain't used to stuff like this. Does the reporter understand him, or is the reporter like? Does the reporter then? explain what he just said that's the problem you, you have to understand when you're a reporter and you don't quite understand then you have to turn around and you have to explain what was just said because if you didn't understand we didn't understand no everybody here totally understood dude <laughs> wait where you live everybody understood that that's how they talk everybody here been here for 60 something years we ain't used to stuff like this <laughs> I don't even think that's English. No, I've been living here for 70 years. We're not used to things like this. Everybody here been here for 60-something years. We ain't used to stuff like this. What? When does he say that? What part? Everybody here been here for 60-something years. We ain't used to stuff like this. <laughs> what? This is you're pranking me. This is a joke. This is not a real news this story, the news right? This tonight. is this is a six. This is six oh one tonight. You can see it on the video. Six oh one. So this is the story they kicked. They kicked off the six o'clock hour. 
This is the lead story. This is the lead story. It's six o'clock. Breaking news. Should we talk about Rock. COVID? No. Let's talk about this guy. Everybody here been here for 60-something years. We ain't used to stuff like this. Tell me if you didn't run this TV station, you wouldn't hire this guy today to do, to do the weather. <laughs> Everybody here been here for 60-something years. We ain't used to stuff like this. That you, is know what this you know what this reminds TV. me of? I had a friend when I was in high school, and now we look back, like we know that she was bipolar, but at the time we didn't know what that was. And when she went into her manic phases, she would speak in this weird, I guess, dialect, or like she was speaking in tongues. Right. And we would just laugh because it was funny, and she would just go, and it sounded like, it almost sounded like... um we we always thought that she was doing cornholio, you know. I got a TV for my bunghole. Like that's what it felt like whenever the, she would talk. This is so Boomhauer. Yeah, this is this is Boomhauer. Exactly. I was just about to say this guy is taking it to another level. Like my friend was cornholio. This guy's Boomhauer. My outside building on fire. They got my house on fire. I know Boomhauer. I totally agree with that. I'm telling you, everybody sounds like this here. Everybody. And it, they put it on the news. Six o'clock. <laughs> it's the lead story. It's the lead story <laughs> on the, the the TV. And I'm sitting there watching it, going, "Rewind that. I gotta send that to Cooper." <laughs> Boom hours on television. <laughs> she won't believe this shit. My outside building on fire. They got my house on fire. I thought King of the Hill was just like a joke. I had no idea that you were living in King of the Hill. No, this is two different guys, too. This is not what? the... What? Yeah. <laughs> that's the only people they can find to talk to about this arson case. I don't know why somebody says flowers. I'm just whether it's mad at somebody or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Those are the two best-spoken people in the neighborhood. <laughs> I, I, she's on the phone with the, with the news person going yeah you got to find a couple people to talk to okay i'll I, find, I found them. the best ones these two are the best <laughs> <laughs> and you and i would just be sitting there laughing the whole time going wait till they get a load of these guys somebody said a camper on far that my outside building on far they got my house on bar now for people who don't know king of the hill you gotta play a little boom hour so they can see that we're actually talking about a character that was on uh, Mike Judge. And it's funny because I, I brought up Cornholio, which is a Mike Judge show. And we and now we're talking about King of the Hill, which is also a Mike Judge show, you know, oh. who also did our favorite movie, Idiocracy. So Mike Judge was so ahead of his time. Man, they got another one, man. What do you go with the difference between them? They know man with a little squirt gun. Is that the news? Is that the guy from the news? No, that's Boomhauer. Okay. Old affirmation antiquities pursuant to the public domain title 970 state resource code. I'll tell you what, man, it's there tight. Tell you what, man, it gets all prettied up in that old is, is that the guy from the news now? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, get my good side, man. See, and you thought when you watch King of the Hill, that's just <laughs> stupid to make a character like that because people like that don't exist. Let my outside building on bar, they got my house on bar. Is that Boomhauer? <laughs> Somebody said a camper on bar. That's the guy from, from South Carolina. Oh, that's the guy from the news. That's the news guy, yeah. Wow. I, you know it would be so funny? If the guy was doing an impression of Boomhauer, it would be funny on the news. And he went home and said to his wife, well, I really got them tonight. They really thought I spoke like that. Oh, no. When you say fire like this. Let my outside building on fire. They got my house on fire. Which part is fire? <laughs> Somebody said a camper on fire. 
<laughs> when you say oh. fire like far, and and then he stops in mid sentence and just thinks for a second. Somebody said I can't put on far. Then my outside building on far, and they caught my house on far. Yeah, so that's. I don't know uh, how news. you function down there. So how do you? How do, when you go to a store and you need something, like I, I don't know what I would do. I would have to be with you. You'd have to come with me to interpret other people talking to me. Okay, see now this is the bad thing. Now today we have the a piece of plastic between you and the guy at the gas station, and he's got a mask <laughs> on. So now right. you're listening to this guy with a mask. <laughs> behind, yeah, and it, and I, you always see me going. What? <laughs> what? Here's my number. Text me. Yeah, you can't. Somebody said I can't put on far. Let my outside building on far. They caught my house on far. I have no idea what he said. Literally no idea. This, I can't even make out any of it. Like usually I can make out a word or two. I'm completely lost. <laughs> yeah, you would have to have me walking next to you the whole time telling you what that person just said. Everybody here been here for 60-something years. Or you'd have to get a Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> I went South Carolina to English <laughs> translator. Hey, Siri, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit, I don't know. <laughs> he said... Everybody here been here for 60-something years. That's real life right there. I think they're vain. Stupid and incredibly self-centered. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. All right, got a little game for you. Okay. I know you like a good game. So I was thinking about how all the chaos going on right now between Kanye's trying to get Kim back. So he's using this model, Julia Fox, or this actress, Julia Fox, that he's actually in a relationship with. He just started dating her. She looks like Kim, but he's still after Kim, but... Julia Fox had done a photo shoot with Pete Davidson, but Kim is dating Pete Davidson, and it's like this really weird, incestuous foursome there going on. Um, So I was thinking about all of that, and I was thinking of how many celebrities continue to date each other over and over. So here's the game. I'm going to tell you the people that the person dated, you tell me who the person was. So for example, if I said Kim Kardashian... Kate Beckinsale, Ariana Grande, you would say Pete Davidson. Right. Got it? Got it. Okay, so I'm going to give you people that they dated, and then you tell me who the, who the celebrity is. You ready? All right. John Mayer, Travi McCoy, Diplo, Russell Brand. Katy Perry. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and I purposely left out Orlando Bloom. I figured that'd be too, way too obvious. Right. Okay, here's the next one. Taylor Kitsch, Kit Harrington, Michael Sheen, Josh Lucas, Ryan Gosling. This one's hard. Carmen Electra. No, no, but same generation. You're almost there. Uh, Pamela Anderson. I'll give you a hint. Um, let's see, what hint can I Jenny give? Jenny McCarthy. Oh, I'll give you, uh, uh, no, no, no. I would, <laughs> trust me, she she and Gwyneth Paltrow are not on that oh, list. okay, sorry. And Minnie Driver, the three uh, of them are okay. not on this list. You don't have to worry about that. That that you know already is not happening on this list. Okay. Um, he, here's the hint that I will give you. Um, get in, loser. We're going shopping. No idea. I'm the cool mom. No idea. Okay. Uh, stop trying to make fetch happen. 
Yeah, that's Lindsay Lohan. Okay. It's, well, it's Mean Girls. Right. It's the girl that said, stop making fetch trying to happen. Rachel McAdams. Ah, okay. There you go. Yeah. So she dated all those people. That, that's, a, that's a tough one. Okay. Here's another one. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jessica Simpson, Jennifer Aniston, Cameron Diaz, Rashida Jones, Taylor Swift, Renee Zellweger. Bradley Cooper. No. Jessica Simpson, Jennifer Aniston. John Mayer. Yes, you got it. Okay. That's good. Good job. Good job. Here's another one. Oh, you're not going to get this one. <laughs> uh, I'll put in the person that they are currently with to so make it a little easier for you. Taylor Swift, Demi Lovato, Gigi Hadid, Ashley Green, Sophie Turner. Uh, what is his name? It's got to be a, a a boy band boy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. He and his two brothers and they he and one of his other brothers is also married to somebody famous. His uh, brother Jonas is married brothers. to. That's right. Joe Jonas. Okay. And his, I was going to say his brother Nick is married to Priyanka Chopra. Here's mm-hmm. another one. Um, this one's more um, a little older generation, but you might get it. Matt Dillon. <laughs> Jarrett Jarrett Leto, Justin Timberlake, P Diddy, J Lo. Nope. M- Matt Dillon, Jarrett Leto, Justin Timberlake, Diddy, Benji Madden. A Kardashian. No, Benji Madden is who she's with now. I don't know. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know she was dating him. No. Um, let me give you one that you might know. Here we go. <clears throat> Mariah Carey. Uh-huh. Jessica Alba. Oof. Jessica Biel. Oof. Mink- Minka Kelly. Oof. Uh, some lucky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint. He's a sports ball guy. Oh, um, A-Rod. The other one. Who's the other one? Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. did he hook that? I know. God. Oh, here's my here's my favorite one. I got another one for you. Ready for this? This one. This one's going to be hard because I'm not going to give you the person they're with now. All right. This one's going to be really hard. Okay. Ready? Jack Antonoff, Ryan Reynolds, Justin Timberlake, Sean Penn, Jared Leto, Josh Hartnett, and Jude Law. Wow. Yeah. She's dated a lot of the heavy hitters. Madonna. No, I, that's a good guess, though. It's it's an A-list celebrity. I'll add in one more. Wow. Colin Jost. Oh, what's her name? I yeah. I can't remember her name. Scarlett Johansson. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're She's married. around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's gotten around that uh, Scarlett Johansson. Okay, here's a little bit of a, uh, not a a kind of a blast from the past, but um, it's somebody that I refer to as the Pete Davidson of his time, okay? Mm. Here are his his girlfriends. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Mm. Mandy Moore, Mm. Lindsay Lohan, Mm. Ashley Simpson, Mm. Rihanna, Demi Lovato, and Minka Kelly. Wow, what lucky bastard is that? Well, I'll throw one more in there because this is who he's with the longest, but they're no longer together. Mila Kunis. 
Who did she date before Ashton Kutcher? Yeah. I have no idea. Well, think about it. How did how did she meet Ashton Kutcher? On the set of that stupid show. Right. Oh, okay. it's that dude. That dude that that isn't that good looking, but hooks all those women. Wilmer Valderrama. There you go. Or I or as I call him, the Pete Davidson of his day. He dated Mila Kunis. Yeah, they were together yeah. a long time. Oh, really? He dated Rihanna. How does he know, do he, that? Yeah, he. And that's what I'm saying. He's the Pete Davidson of his day. He's the one that everybody goes. Is huh? he really hot? Mandy or Moore, something? Lindsay Lohan. And he went on Stern and bragged about every single one of them. Wouldn't you? Oh, hell yeah. And that's the <laughs> show you do it on. <laughs> Can you imagine going through your head going, I know who's better, Mila Kunis or Rihanna? Wow. Yeah, I know who's better in bed. I know uh, who likes what in bed. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, here's another one. This is another A-lister here. Okay, who who is she? She is the celebrity, and she dated Matthew McConaughey, Ryan Gosling, Tate Donovan, Troy Aikman, and Chris Evans. This one's tough. Wow. Um, she was married to the Black Crows dude. Are you thinking Kate Hudson? Kate Hudson. No. No. No, I'm going to throw one more name in here to make it a little easier for you. So Matthew McConaughey, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Jesse James. Oh, Sandra Bullock. That's right. Exactly. I'm leaving out the obvious ones to make it a little harder for you. That's what I'm trying to do here. Sandy Um, dated all those people? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, Absolutely. Um, Elle McPherson. Petra Nemkova, so two models, Natalie Portman, Charlize Theron, Scarlett Johansson, Madonna. See, I can't think of nobody's name. (laughs) What's that guy? You know that guy. He's a basketball player. Nope. No. uh, Were you thinking Dennis Rodman? No. Dennis Rodman. No, not not Dennis Rodman. Uh, Is it? Madonna was the giveaway. Guy Ritchie. No. I don't know. Try again. Who? Okay. Um, he was also with Robin Wright. Robin Wright, Madonna, Natalie Portman, Charlize Theron, Scarlett Johansson. No idea. Sean Penn. I know that, dude. You're terrible. How did Sean Penn get those women? Well, he's Sean Penn. He's, you would date Sean Penn? Oh, in a heartbeat. He's you sexy would? as hell. Oh, yeah. Does Sean Penn now... Yeah, Sean Penn now. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Sean Penn. That's I'll a different Sean, Sean Penn, Penn. Than, the, than the Sean Penn Fast Times. Sean Penn is different than the Sean Penn now. I'll take them all. They're all sexy oh, as hell. Really? Even yeah. the friends, Sean Penn. Yeah, especially uh, with the with the planets on his shirt. That yes, Sean? Oh, okay, the best. Yeah. All right, I have two. I have two more. Paul Rudd, Tate Donovan, Vince Vaughn. John Mayer. Ooh. Brad Pitt. Ooh. Jennifer Aniston. You got it. Yeah. I wasn't going to throw Brad Pitt in there, but I'm like, there's a lot of people. Vaughn hook that, though? I mean, I I, know know they did movies. They did movies together. Yeah. I I, I get that, but yeah, how did he hook that? I don't know. He's so unsexy. He's so like, you're you're a creepy uncle. I know, but he's so tall. And I think chicks dig that. 
and he's he's probably got that thing. He's got that Bill Clinton thing. Maybe. That swagger, you know. I don't know. It was a short relationship, which makes sense, because she was with John Mayer, Tate Donovan, and Paul Rudd a lot longer, and obviously married Paul to Paul Rudd, Pitt, too? So. Yeah, yeah, the early on, like when they were both super young. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, here's the last one, and this is on the list because I thought it was funny. This is somebody old. This is These are all really old, so you might not know any of these, but I'm going to try it anyway, okay? Uh, Kim Basinger, Chris Everett, Sally Field, Doris Day, Faye Dunaway, Dinah Shore. Burt Reynolds. Out- oh, very good. I was going to say yeah. I took out the obvious one, which was Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> I love that you knew Burt Reynolds. Burt like, Reynolds from- was a player. He had, I mean, if you go from, because he had Sally Fields when Sally Fields was Sally Fields. Right, when she was young and hot. Yeah. She was. She still is hot, but. She was extremely hot, and he had he had all the women in their prime. I mean, he was a player. I know, but you were a child. That's not even your generation. It's so weird that you knew that, but you didn't know, like, Sean Penn. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> and you didn't know Wilma Valderrama. Oh, Lonnie like Anderson that- alone, you know who Lonnie Anderson has slept with. It's so weird, though, that you know the old people. You don't know the people that are your generation. <laughs> That's what I think is so odd. <laughs> yeah, but you got to look at like Lonnie Anderson. She was in. <laughs> she was in like TV. KRP. Well, TV and movies. She was in like Stroker Ace. So when I was young, Stroker Ace. You know, when I was like seven, Stroker Ace came out. So hmm. that was like the poster on your wall where you went, <gasps> "Wow." So oh, beautiful. So not my general. I don't know anything about any of those people or those movies. Like that's that's so like uh, off of my I mean, radar. I still watch Smoking a Bandit every time it comes on. So I saw right. it like last week. So to me, it's a current movie because it's on every five minutes. Right, right, right. So it's not like yeah, it came out in the seventies, but I saw it in twenty twenty one. It's weird because it, when you look at like the older actors, the people that are like have been doing movies since the 70s or earlier and they're still either around or they've just recently died or whatever. It depends when you were introduced to them. Like, I know Burt Reynolds from Boogie Nights. Like, when I think of Burt Reynolds, I immediately think of Boogie Nights. That's the first thing that comes to my yeah, mind. that doesn't even come to my mind. Right, for you, it's Smokey and the Bandit. For uh, for my boyfriend, I was talking about Burt Reynolds. He's like, oh yeah, he was great in striptease. See, he knows striptease. Or Deliverance. Deliverance, because yeah. Well, Deliverance, this is weird. I took a sports literature class in college, um, and they and they showed us Deliverance. Like, for some reason, that was like a sports film. I don't know why or how. <laughs> but they were showing all these, like, sports films from 70s, 80s, and 90s. So they, wanted, they were getting a whole smattering of, you know, sports films. And, um, yeah, they showed us that one, and that was – I vaguely remember seeing it, but when I think of Burt Reynolds, I don't think of Deliverance. I think of Boogie Nights because yeah. I've seen that a hundred times. Yeah, I, I just don't think even Deliverance. Deliverance will still come on TV. It's probably on TV now. So if I went to turn the TV on, I could probably find it. So right. you, you can't say movies from the 70s or 80s or 90s. People don't know. They still yeah. watch them like they're new today. So Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, yeah, I mean, Boogie Nights, I don't even think of Burt Reynolds 
But when you say Burt Reynolds, yeah, I smoky. I mean, red shirt, right. black hat, Trans Am. Right. So every yeah, boy not- my age wanted a Trans Am because he had one. She really wants to get to know you guys. What is this? It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. All right, you got to give this mom some advice. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I want to know how you'd take this. Okay, so this Christmas, one of the gifts she gave her seven-year-old James was a panda bear plush doll. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, a panda doll. Ever right. since he's been watching Kung Fu Panda, he's been obsessed with pandas. He wants pandas, everything. He wants panda, you know, pajamas. He wants everything panda. Okay. Uh, but she bought this huge panda for him. And ever since Christmas, he thinks his toy is haunted. You know, let me tell you why this is funny to me. Because just last week on Family Guy, they had a Christmas episode Uh and they had a toy. It was called Happy Asking Panda. And it was a panda that wanted your parents' credit card information, (laughs) social security number, (laughs) your, your, your maiden name, all that kind of stuff. So it was like a yeah, it was funny that you're saying that now, right after the Family Guy episode. Okay. Yeah. So a few days after Christmas, James ran into our bedroom crying because the panda was making faces at him. Ooh, yeeks! So she moved the panda to the playroom. He was unable to fall asleep after that. Ever since then, he's been trying to destroy it. <laughs> he's so buried it in the backyard under the snow. Wow. And, but the mom went out there and got it and brought it back. What? Why don't you just get rid of it? The kid hates it. The kid's scared of it. No, she's wondering if you should say, this is not, this is a time to teach. There's right. no such thing as haunted pandas. It's not evil. It's just a panda. Right. If you give in to it and say, yeah, let's get rid of it, then what you're doing is you're you're promoting the idea that things around you can cause anxiety yeah i mean we think about the kids seven you said seven yeah seven yeah okay so that's an age where kids even though they can express an idea doesn't mean they fully grasp what that idea is and mostly what they want to know is that the world around them is okay like everything's okay you're going to be okay everybody's going to be okay everybody in your world is going to be okay that's all they want to know so i think um there's the oh you're giving me Okay, you may picture the panda. Well, I have to say, the mom made a stupid mistake because the panda you're showing me is really fucking scary looking. <laughs> that is a scary looking panda. Isn't it? That thing is haunted. Yeah. You know, I have to say, for the most part, I think it's important to teach the kid a lesson that inanimate objects are exactly that. They're not going to hurt you. But that panda is creepy looking. Yeah, so if that's haunted... I don't know. I, I I think you throw it away and let them believe. I don't think it's a teachable moment. No, I don't think you let them believe it's haunted. I think you say, you know what? Mommy made a mistake. This panda does look, it's not haunted. No such thing as a haunted panda, but it does look creepy. And now that, now that you point that out, it's a creepy looking thing. So I'm going to get rid of it and get you something else instead. But just know that it's not haunted because things are not haunted. See, different parent than me, 
because <laughs> when my oldest was growing up, there was a cat. It was a black cat. And if you press its paw, his eyes glow. And it went, mm-hmm. and it went, woo, 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 and it was freaky looking. So that was Kitty with the eyes that glow. That's what we called it. <laughs> <laughs> so in the middle of the night, I would sneak into his bedroom and go, and, and so then he would freak out. And then he would want to throw Kitty with the eyes that glow away. And I would, <laughs> I would put him in the attic, and, but I would bring him out every now and then. I think it makes you stronger. Uh, I see what you're saying that you're like you forced your kid to have to deal with it, have to deal with his fears, basically. Right. But I don't know. I don't think that's an age that a kid should have to deal with their fears. I just don't. You know, I think it's okay at seven years old to not force a kid to deal with their fears. But I think it's a teachable moment moment in the way you should say, look, it's very creepy. I agree. Now that I look at it, it does look a little. It looks like a mean, weird looking right thing but it's not haunted things aren't haunted but no i would get rid of that thing that thing's ugly that's, <laughs> I would that's burn a scary it. yeah that's a, i mean if i had that i'm an adult if i had that in the house i would burn it i'd be like get that thing out of here that thing's fucking scary <laughs> it's the cooper and anthony show there's a little controversy going on right now over on reddit and i thought this was an interesting story because there's definitely two sides to this so a family got together and decided that they were going to do a gift exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got together after Christmas because they live all over the, the country. They didn't want to travel during Christmas. So this just happened this week. They decided to all get together. And they, it's a very big family. So they said, you know what? Everybody gets everybody a gift under $20. That's the, that, that's the only caveat. You could buy gifts for everybody, but don't spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could be very creative under $20. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. Now, especially the after Christmas sales, you know, the clearance racks, you can get somebody something really great for under 20 bucks. So this, the daughter and her husband came home and their gift to the family, they gave them each these cheap little $5 frames that they got at like Michael's or whatever their local Michael's dollar store type thing is. And inside of it, they put a photograph of her sonogram and that's how they told the family that she was pregnant mm-hmm. and they put a little note attached to it and said a $35 donation has been made by us in your name to the baby's college fund. The family is divided. Half the family was like, that is so personal. It's so nice. You know, I got you a sweater at, TJ Maxx, like you, you You're gave not us fit in it. In, in a well, that's of true too. Yeah, you have to wait. You have to wait till next year to wear it. Um, but you know, and you got us something that is really personal that means something to you, and this is lovely. The other half of the family, her father included, was pissed. They were like, "Wait a second! So there's no. This is my gift. There's no gift. So the gift is an announcement. Like you could have just made this announcement. I went out. I went shopping. Mm-hmm. I spent money." And you got us bupkis and then made a donation to your kid's college fund that you were going to do anyway in my name? Like, no. I risked getting COVID to buy you a sweater. (laughs) And and I went out shopping with all those idiots and all those Karens and, and all that. And you couldn't even give me one thing. That's not giving me something. That's giving yourself something. 
Right, but that's how they decided to announce that they were pregnant. You know, it's the first kid. It's not It's not like this is their seventh kid, and it's like, here's another one. Here's a little $5. No, this is exciting for them. They want to let the family know, guess what? Baby on but board. But I still want a present. I bought you a present. You didn't buy me a present. You brought your unborn baby a present. That right. sucks. That sucks. I mean, I hate all that. I hate because my family does that, too, where you get buy $20 presents and all that. Mm. I hate that crap. You know what I got? I got a coffee mug that you can charge in your car. That's what I got. A, a camo <laughs> You'll coffee, never use that. <laughs> coffee mug that you can charge in your car. I threw it right in the trash. <laughs> because that's what i need is another thing laying around the house that i'll never use yeah and yeah, that's what junk. i got so yeah, yeah thanks yeah i'd rather everyone shipped in twenty dollars a piece and got me something fantastic like if there's tenia and you chip in 20 bucks each give me something for two hundred dollars yeah like, get give you me something a pair of airpods yeah, exactly. Get me, get me a new new AirPods that I can definitely use with a pretty pink case. I'd love that. Um, well, here's the issue I have with it. I think it's really lovely that they wanted to make the announcement and they used the Christmas gift thing to make the announcement. My issue with this is donation made in your name. That I don't like because I like to choose my own charities. What if you chose a charity that I know is not legit is something I don't believe in, is something mm. I'm not into. You know, you you didn't choose a charity. You're sending your kid to college anyway. So the quote unquote $35 that you put in, in my name, if I said to you, no, give me that $35 instead, you're not gonna do that. That's your kid's college fund. So that's total bogus. But I don't like when somebody, I have this one friend that every year you get her something and she always quote, quote unquote donates in your name to charities that I could give a fuck about. You know, there's some charities out there that are total BS mm -hmm. that just want your money or they have, this is what I hate. There's this one, you and I had the situation when we were at one of our radio stations. It was a very well-funded organization that got corporate money. They got millions of dollars a year, yet our station kept raising money for them and they would use it to like, I don't buy a new couch, buy more television sets. Like, wait, no, we're here to help sick people mm. with their sick needs. And you're buying yourself stuff? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, we'd you know, rather it, give the little shelter. That's what we right. want to raise money for. We don't want to raise money for that. We want right. to raise little money shelter for that. Little shelter is the only, but that's my point. Little shelter, we know them personally. We know the work that they do is not only legit, it's important work. I mean, Little Shelter is one of these really small, uh, non-for-profit, no-kill shelters in Huntington, Long Island, where they, they raise enough money to charter a plane to fly to the meat market in China and rescue hundreds of dogs. Mm -hmm. They were part of this big rescue where they they got they were part of the chart. I think a lot of um, of the smaller shelters got together and did this, and they were really instrumental because they brought a whole bunch of those dogs back and got them all adopted. So they do really great work. They're literally saving lives. Like that's where I want my money to and go. They have like more I already cats than anybody. They you want a cat? They're lousy with cats. They got them everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've already decided. Like when I die, whatever twenty cents I have left, <laughs> I don't really have any. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> if I have two hundred dollars in my bank account, it's going to a little shelter, whatever it is, because I really believe in what they do. But yet, I have friends that donate to these big conglomerate type charities that are either we've read articles where they're the CFO is taking a big is making tons of money. It's like, wait a minute, you haven't cured cancer yet. What are you doing taking a million dollar salary? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not down with that. Don't choose my charity for me. It's the Cooper and Anthony show. You got me straight tripping, boo. That's right. That's right. Flashback. These are the sounds of days that are past. Now, I don't know if you have this in your job, but do you ever find that, I guess if you do a job long enough and you're really good at it, it's really hard to go somewhere else where someone does the same job and you're objective. Like, for example, when I used to wait tables and bartend, I mean, I worked in restaurants for years, and it was really hard for me when I went to another restaurant and I had bad service because I felt like, you know, as a waitress, I busted my butt to make sure that people had what they needed and it was good service and they got fed and drinks and whatever they needed. So when I went someplace and somebody did a terrible job, it would really bother me because I was doing that same job and I was doing it better, I thought. Right. You know, and I felt like of all the people sitting at the table, I, I can, I'm allowed to complain because I, at the time, was a waitress. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of thought, you know, that goes, you know, you get involved in your career and your life. But every once in a while it comes up where you have to encounter somebody else in your field as a customer. And I wonder if like lawyers have this, like if a lawyer needs a lawyer, you know what I mean? If they're, if they're, <laughs> if they have to like call a lawyer and they're there with a the lawyer thinking, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't do that if I were them or they should cite this case law. Or a doctor for a doctor. You go yes. in to see a doctor and he's like, you need a new liver. No, I don't. I need an arm. But what anything. are you talking about? It's an arm, not a liver. But even if you're, no matter what you do for a living, if you have to hire somebody else who does what you do, it's probably really, really hard if you feel that they do the same job as you, but worse. Yeah. How about if you're a bartender and you go somewhere and order a drink that you really like and it doesn't taste anything like the drink you want? Yeah. And the guy makes it terribly. You just move. I'll make the drink. I mean, can you say that? Can you, can you, can you say to the guy, look, dude, I'm a bartender. Here's how to make this drink. Can you do that? I don't know. Because I, I had I, a, I had an instance like this over the weekend. Um, I'm still kind of doing. I have a if you don't know, I have a book out called The Cult of Perfection, and I'm sort of at the end. In of, stores now. In stores now. In stores now, and on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. <coughs> Excuse me. And and if you really want her book, I'll just email me and I'll send you a page of it because I still have about six or seven pages left of her book. And what we do is we actually rip the book apart like that. And it would give you a certain page. Anthony's favorite thing to do with that book is to tear it. Right. It's so, true. And I, But uh, it's a good book. And you can get it right now all over the place. Everywhere so, you walk into, there it is. So I'm still kind of on my book tour a little bit. And uh, I was doing, I was on a radio show at a ra- in a radio station in, in Canada, as Anthony would say. Really? Up there in Canada. Yeah. And the guy, you know. Did they say A a lot? He did, actually. Did he? Yeah, yeah. How you accent. doing, eh? Had the whole accent going. Really? So here's what happened. So I'm doing, I was I was called to do the radio show. Fine, excellent. I'm looking forward to it. I heard it's like a really fun show and the guy likes to interview authors and this should be good. And, you know, you've heard us on this show before. We're what happens be- is. We're about to go to Cooper. 
It's a belt, Cooper. <laughs> it's a. a boot. How you doing, Cooper? A. A. <laughs> I'm a boot. I'm a boot. Fine. Okay. So it's the kind of thing where when you have when you have a guest on the show, if you have two guests on back to back, you do one in one segment. You go to a song, commercial, whatever you do, and you come back, and the next segment, you come back with the next guest. Right. You do not, under any circumstances, come back with the guest you have, and in the middle of it, say goodbye to them and say, okay, we're going to switch gears now to the next guest. I hate that, switch gears. But but it's it's bad radio. Right. We're listening to one thing, and we're sort of in a mode right now, and all of a sudden, we're talking about something completely different? What where, What's going on here? Mm-hmm. So what happened was the guy has on this woman who wrote some book about a dead dog, and it's really heart-wrenching and really sad. And I got to hear what happens is, so the producer says to me on the phone, listen, um, we have the guest hanging, hanging on from the last segment. He's going to finish up with her, say goodbye to her, and start talking to you. I said, go to commercial and start talking to me? He said, no, 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 he's just going to go straight to talk to you. Wow. It's like, okay, that's stupid. But, you know, I'm a guest. Who am I to judge? You know, here I am. So he's having her read excerpts from the book about this dead dog. And it's heart-wrenching. It is so sad. And she's going into the dog's last minutes and what the dog was probably thinking. And and the dog looking up at its master and thinking, but you're the person I've loved. And now here I am leaving you. and, And wait a minute. You're the one doing it to me. Are you putting me to sleep? I mean, it was excruciating. So she finishes reading, and he's just like, wow. She's like, yeah, wow. And they do this wow thing back and forth. He goes, well, okay, um, that book's available on Amazon and, you know, whatever Canadian Amazon is. Well, And now we're bad to go to Cooper Lawrence. And, that's, and, then, and then he switches gears. He says to me, hey. he says to me, okay, well, you're, you know, we're going to go next to our next guest. Thank you very much, uh, Miss Dog Dead Book lady. Now I'm going to go to Cooper Lawrence who wrote a book called The Cult of Perfection. And when they go to break, did they play Alanis Morissette? There was no break. And, and Brian Adams? No, no, there was no break. He went straight to me. Oh, really? So, and I said to him, I said, nice, I said nice going, Roy. I said, I got to follow a dead dog now? And he goes, well, Cooper, that's how radio is. That's what we're about. Um, that's hey. how, I've been in radio 15 years. You want to tell me how radio is? That's I'll tell. How it's about here. I'll tell you. And and frankly, this is not at all how radio is. This is college radio. It sounds like to me. You don't go from one really intense guest to a really joyous. Hey, let's talk about something fun. Guest back to back in the middle of a segment and do a segue like, well, we have to switch gear. It, it was horrible. It was bad radio. And this guy sitting here telling me, well, that's how radio is. Really, only been in 15 years. That's news. How how's it work? Well, that's how bad radio is i guess but he didn't realize that well he's in he's in canada but so, but he's saying to me well that's how radio is oh, i swear to you i wanted to hop on a plane fly state. to canada find him in winnipeg wherever he was smack him get back on the plane and fly home that's what i wanted you to think do you'd get a plane there if you, if you asked for canada what you canada canada <laughs> think they'd fly you there sure oh, okay sure <laughs> Um, so, you know, so I was thinking, you know, this guy does the same job as me, but worse. And here I am. And and I'm not usually like that because I've done other radio shows before. You just, you go on, you get interviewed, you go on with your life, whatever. And I never judge it. I'm just happy to be on it. But this was so bad. It was really hard for me to not say in my own head. 
God, if we did that, nobody would listen. Right. Don't don't follow a dead dog. And the way he did it. It was tears and crying and, oh, that's really horrible. Okay, now we're going to switch gears to Cooper Lawrence with her yeah. book, The Cult of Perfection. You wanted to go all Casey Kasem on him, didn't right. you? Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I said that to Sean Lee because um, – Casey Kasem, can you want to tell the story? Yeah, there's a famous outtake. Some engineer years ago, Casey Kasem was the host of American Top 40 for 8,000 years. He was doing, went from a, a song, you know, and did it, and then he started going off on his producer because... No, no, what happened was he had done a dedication about a dead dog. Right. And, and the next song, song was a really upbeat song. Right. right. It's like, let's go, and the dog's dead. Now let's hear it for the boy. <laughs> yeah. So 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 he yells at the producer, and they aired this. That he yells at the producer, "Don't give me an upbeat song after a dead dog." Right. Yeah, no, they didn't air it. This was this was off air because there was full of expletives. Yeah, no, but they they taped it. Is what I mean. They yeah. had it on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've yeah. heard it, and it circulated in the radio industry back before they had YouTube and the internet. Yeah. So I imagine it's got to be on YouTube at this point. It's definitely on YouTube by now. Mm. Yeah. So do you do something for a living that someone does the same job but they do it worse? Like, how do you handle it? Hey, Sianeth. Hey, guys. How are you? Now, Sianeth, does your your dad does something for a living? Yeah, my dad works in construction. Um, he does mainly, like, vinyl siding and just siding in general. But he'll do carpentry and painting and everything. So he mostly does apartment complexes. And we have friends that live at apartments. Mm-hmm. So whenever we go visit somebody that lives in an apartment complex, he'll stand outside, cross his arms, look up, and be like, Hmm, yeah, that's that's wrong. That see, you see that? You see that? They did that wrong. Oh, my inspector would never allow that to happen. <laughs> see, I'm telling you, it's a it's an occupational hazard. You can't help it when you've been doing something long enough and you feel yeah. like you've perfected it. It's really hard to not. I couldn't just sit back and listen to the radio guy do terrible radio and me not, you know, react to it. Just the okay. way your dad looks at a building and and it's hard for him not to react to to bad work. He can't stop himself everywhere we go. And when we got our new house, as they were building our new house, he would come and just, like, cross his arms and watch the guys work. Because, I mean, it was obviously a different company building our house because we bought it from, like, you know, housing development, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he didn't really have any hand on it. So he would just, kinda, like, come and cross his arms and look at people working and be like, hmm, yeah. And, and he does that all the time. We're like, Dad, can you, like, get off the clock at some time? <laughs> really? You're off off duty, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure the workers were like, uh, can somebody do something about that guy? Uh, yeah, I know. It's like when you're writing and somebody like looks over your shoulder. It's just nerve-wracking. Yeah, that's exactly what it must feel like. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that, and, that, and that's the same thing. Yeah, thank you, Sienna. Thank you. And that's the thing. It's really hard. I think it's an occupational hazard for a lot of people. When you're in an industry and you're good at what you do and you care about what you do and you're passionate about it and it means something to you. Mm-hmm. You, know? you take it seriously and you see somebody doing it wrong. Yeah. Jessica, you know exactly what I'm talking about here, right? I do. Now, what do you do for a living? I'm a nurse. I work in mental health. Um, but if I see... Any sort of nurses doing things or hear about it doing wrong, I just, I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, it must drive you bananas. because it Drives me crazy. Yeah. Because the <laughs> distinction between being a really good nurse and a really bad nurse, some people just, they're just happy that somebody's there. They don't realize they may not be in the best hands. Exactly. Or that, yeah, that somebody's just there doing the tasks and they've never seen a good nurse. And have you ever gone over to another nurse you felt wasn't doing a good job and said, can I give you a pointer or two? Yes, I have. Thank goodness. Yes. 
I'm so glad you. And, and are they usually open to it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard. That's a hard. That's the hard part of it, you know. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Sometimes it's common sense, and uh, some people just aren't born with that. Mm. And you almost want to warn their patients and be like, "Careful with that one." Yeah. Watch out for that one. Stay away from her. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, and that's the thing, because with this guy, you know, I was mindful of, of the fact that I was on his radio show with his audience listening. And if I said anything snide, they'd be like, you know, then, then I'm the B word. Because mm. they don't know me. I'm just some guest on his show. In Canadian land. In Canadian land. Right. Where obviously they like bad radio there. I guess. Apparently they love bizarre radio. <laughs> Let's talk about dead dogs, and now let's talk about perfection. Right. Hi, Russell. Hey, Cooper. Now, Russell, do you do something for a living that you get a chance to see other people do what you do? Yeah, actually, I do. I work in, I've done, most of my work has been tech support, working with computers. Mm-hmm. And I deal with this a lot, mostly with having to call tech support myself. Mm-hmm. I, I get into a situation I'm comfortable around computer. I know what I'm doing. I'll do all the troubleshooting myself, and it'll be a situation like, well, I gotta get this fixed, and I've gotta call tech support to ha- to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So I call tech support, and they turn around, and they start. I tell them I've done all this stuff, and then they turn around and try to tell me to do the exact same thing all over again. Oh. <laughs> are, you, you're like, are you like I do this for a living? Can you put somebody good on the phone? It, that I'll be honest with you, there's been a couple of times I've wanted to do that. I've actually wanted to tell them, look. I understand that you're going through your steps. I'm going to tell you right now, I've done them. (laughs) I have already covered every base. So unless you come up with something that is just completely outside of the box, Mm. don't bother. Just give me the number. Just give me the address to ship this to so I can get it replaced. Exactly. Uh, sir, have you, have you tried rebooting the computer? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what you need to do is you need to unplug it from the wall for 10 seconds yeah, and, and then, then plug, plug it back in. in. You'd be surprised how many problems that can fix. <laughs> That's a hot tip, Russell. Thank you. It's called, I, I learned it's called bouncing. Yeah. Is that, is that really that, what it's called? Yeah. You got to bounce what, the machine. And I'm going, what? You got to turn it off, turn it back out, and you go, bounce. I'm like, whatever that means. So when I when I pick up my PC and just throw it at Anthony, that's not effective? No, that, that's a different kind of bouncing. <laughs> oh, okay. It doesn't really bounce so much as it just clobbers them. Right. Um, so do you do a certain job, and you and you have to ask somebody else to do the same job that you do, but they do it worse? Have you been in a situation like that where somebody's doing your job but worse? So frustrating. 877-6-COOPER. Hey, Zahara. Hey guys. Hey. Now, uh, what what do you do for a living? Um, well, actually, my dad owns jewelry stores, and he has since I was like I don't know, like eight, and so I worked in them. You know, I basically still work in them all the time during the holidays, and I know the difference between real gold and fake gold, and mm-hmm. same with silver and good diamonds. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to buy real jewelry, I'm just going to go to my dad, pick up one of the books, be like, order me this, and we're good to go. But you know, right. occasionally, I'll buy like. I mean, I'm young. I'll buy, like, fake silver, just, you know, some fashion jewelry. And nothing drives me, like, more insane than when I go up, like, just to, like, a little cart in the mall. And they're like, oh, it's 100% sterling silver. And I look at it, and you're supposed to look for point ninety five, And I'm like, mm, no, it's not. But that's okay. And they're like, yes, 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 it is. We tell the truth. Or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, but, but see, it, it's not. 
and I know you're lying to me, and I'm telling you that's okay, oh. but you're obviously not getting my point. And it just, it would drive me crazy to the point where I'll just, like, put it down, like, just walk away. I just have to walk away, or I'm going to scream at them. And Or, like, when a jeweler's, like, all up in your face, and I'm like, I'm just looking. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. not how you do it. And that's the thing. Neck. But that's the thing. The fact that you know this, it's your father's company. You've worked for him. The fact that you walk into another jewelry place and they don't know. The, the fact that they don't even think so anybody knows anything about jewelry anymore. The fact that somebody would walk over and have no idea. I mean, I you, totally think they can scam you. It's like no. <laughs> Like I'm not gonna like someone's not gonna bring it back when their fingers turning green. Come on. <laughs> and uh, okay, so you said if it's if this if they claim it's sterling silver, pick it up and look for. Point nine two five. Mm-hmm. Just that, like you would find like ten k or fourteen k in gold, you look for point nine two five and it's sterling silver. And anything less, it's junk. Well, normally it's, it wouldn't have anything even like etched in it if it was anything less. Um, sometimes they try and get away with putting it on something like plated silver, but you really aren't supposed to. I'm looking mm-hmm. at my ring while I sit here. By the way, happy birthday, birthday, Anthony! It's my dog's birthday today. Oh. <laughs> we bought him a cake and some ice, like doggy ice cream, and I was wanted to call in early. I didn't get a chance. So. How, oh, so how old is your dog today? He's three or twenty-one in human years. Oh, so I'm still up. older than your dog. Yeah, you're even in dog well. years. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thank guys. you, Sarah. That's good. So, this, so you you share a birthday with her dog. Good. Now we will never forget her dog's birthday. <laughs> Every time when she calls next year, we'll tell her dog happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, we'll know. The dog will be four. <laughs> Hi, Amy. Hi, Cooper. So, no, Amy. 25 years, I worked in radio. Oh. And now, then I had a midlife career change, and now I work in a nonprofit so I can enjoy radio for the first time in 25 years. I can listen to it and enjoy it. And can you enjoy it, or do you find yourself going back to being radio girl and listening for... I don't know, did they hit the post? You know, all the little radio things. No, that lasted for about 10 minutes. Then once I got out of the industry, I and all of my other friends who also got out of the industry laughed about how there is life after radio. There really is. No. No. Yeah, there is. Why? And it's fun to be able to listen to uh, music stations and listen to all the the goofy stuff and the horrible stuff that you uh, just talked about and know that I don't have to compete with it. But here, but Amy, now you you were in radio for a long time. Don't you think that's bad radio? What the guy did? Yes. Oh, there's it, a lot of bad radio out there. No, but but I was so shocked. I was so shocked that he was so blatant about about how bad it was. Well, everybody knows it's bad. At least but pretend. But in Canadian land, it's probably good. At least pretend like it's supposed to be good radio. Right. Pretend like but, you know what you're doing. Well, the best thing uh, for me, because I came up through the sales side and then got into management and. Mm-hmm. So it was um, always hearing all the commercials. Mm. You know, I really wouldn't listen for content. I would just listen for commercials to hear what all the competitors were doing and then right. go after to try to get those advertisers. <laughs> now I can actually, now I can listen to the commercials and say, oh, that sounds like something I want to buy. You know, This weekend I was interviewed by another radio show, a show in uh, Canada. And uh, it was just, it was horrible radio. And I follow up, there's a dead dog. And uh, there's, they're talking about this dead dog. And then they're done with the dead dog and they go to me. <laughs> so the dog died. It was horrible. Okay, Cooper Lawrence, thank you very much for joining us. It was just horrible. Um, so we're talking about, uh, you know, it's really hard because I'm in radio. It's really hard to not judge him and not be like, this is terrible radio. 
you know, and I feel like people do that in their businesses. You know, it's hard to be in an industry and not judge somebody else who's in your industry, who's doing the job worse when you're really good at it. And it means something to you and you've perfected it and you've worked really hard to make sure that you are very good at what you do and other people don't feel the same way exactly. So um, we were talking about how uh, Casey Kasem has been through the same thing with the dead dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. And uh, this is actually what it sounded like on the air with him. Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio. And here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if Here you play it. Goes. it. Uh -oh. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most <laughs> certainly a part of... Let's come start again. From coming out of the record. Snuggles. Play the record, okay? Play the record again. Is what he wanted. Please. <laughs> now he loses it. <laughs> <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo numbers man it's impossible to make those transitions and then you got to go into somebody dying you know they do this to me all the time i don't know what the hell they do it for but if you can't come out of a slow record i don't understand it is don on the phone okay i want a concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a tempo record every time i do damn death dedication <laughs> So there you go. There you go. So I didn't, you know, I didn't handle it as well as Casey did. <laughs> I just, uh, I just went on with the interview and uh, and then came and complained to you people. <laughs> I waited 24 hours to complain. Yep. He, he he really let them have it right in the moment. Um, so anyway, so so that's what Casey Kasem did, and this is what I did. So I'm wondering, what what do you do if someone does the same job you do but worse? How do you handle it? Hi, Jackie. Hello, Cooper. I'm oh so sorry. I came into the part about the bartender. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was saying that I used to bartend and wait tables, and it was really hard for me not to judge. And Anthony said the same thing. Like, what if you make a drink, and you do it really well, and you go to a bar and order that same drink, and the guy makes it terribly? Right. Well, and, you know, here's where I came in, and I talked to Chad, and I said, you know, uh, everybody is well within their right to say exactly what they want because let's face it you're going to pay for it mm-hmm true you know and i gotta tell you i agree with so many of your guests uh thereafter you know it especially the it guy because <laughs> i do supervise a technical support division mm -hmm. <laughs> and what is so funny is when we're dealing because we deal in Specialized software. We're a technology and software development company, uh -huh. and uh, so we interface with a great deal of other hardware. Uh, and what is so funny is when one of these individuals from that works within the hardware, mm -hmm. uh, say it's a POS, which is a point of sale, um. i.e., <laughs> a register, and they say, "Oh no, it's not us." It's the program that you're running through the register. And when it is so funny, when we can come back, pull data, pull the code that's written uh, in, the, uh, in the language of a developer mm -hmm. to be able to prove to them that, okay, if you look right here, this code tells you <laughs> that it's not the program, it's 
a uh it's it the hardware has to do with the register right, the register, it has right. to do with mm-hmm. the setting on the register you don't know the number of times we go back and forth and back and, and forth. you're like you know you're and not we, dealing with some chick on the radio here you're actually dealing with somebody that does this for a living and knows the difference well you know i mean we actually pull the code <laughs> and show them the code that's great because if you've got 12 stores that are operating uh, just fine with no errors, and you've right. got one store out of twelve that's got a problem. Right, and you telling me that all of the settings and everything are the same. I beg to differ. <laughs> See, I think it's good, Jackie. I think it's good that you're willing to stand up and say you're wrong. You you're know? wrong. Because I, I think there's certain, like, because you know, remember we were we were hearing earlier from from uh, oh god, I just blanked in her name, a friend who's the nurse, mm-hmm. who was saying that you know it's hard to go over to other nurses and say you might want to try doing this because they're not very receptive to it. You know, right. and that's the thing is if if you're in an industry that you've worked hard to be really good at, it's hard to watch somebody do it worse. Why don't you try it this way? Yeah. Yeah. Do it like this. Yeah. Break the after the dead dog dedication, and then come back to me. <laughs> Hi, James. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good. Now, James, have you ever been in this situation? Yes, on a daily basis. Uh oh. Uh oh. Tell us. Well, okay. Um, I deliver pizzas, mm-hmm. and because I'm a full-time parent during the day at nighttime, it's, it's the perfect job for me. And I actually. Because I'm upbeat and I'm nice and I'm polite, and I, you know, I remember people and notice things and mm-hmm. women them on their kids, their cars, their house, their yard, whatever, you know, I kiss as much tail as I can because it's all about money. Of course. And I make, counting my tips, between thirty-seven dollars and $45,000 a year. Wow. Delivering pizza. That's okay? amazing. How Chad, much? come back. How much? <laughs> <laughs> between thirty-seven and forty-five. Dollars, it, Chad. In not, what city? No, no, no. <laughs> right down, right down, eighty-five, right across the uh, county line. Really, so Chad, you just come made, back here. You made Chad quit, James. <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple other guys here who, and you know, not everybody tips. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a fact of life. Right. And we have a couple other guys here who, you know, when people don't tip, they just get, you know, hacked off, taked off, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. and. You know, they might get a couple in a row where they don't tip, and, they, you know, it just gets them more and more aggravated. Well, they end up getting so aggravated that they, you know, they go to somebody who normally does tip, and they're like, you know, here's your pizza. You know, right, exactly. But you understand customer service. You know that if somebody doesn't tip, that's their problem, and you're going to give good customer service to the next person who actually might tip you and tip right. you well. And then they, you know, they get mad at me because, I mean, like tonight, just for instance, tonight, um, I've taken 10 deliveries and I've made about $90. Wow. And one of the other guys has taken 12. He hasn't broke 35 yet. And how do you? How are you as a customer? If you're home, Chad, get back here. If you're home <laughs> and you order something, how are you as a customer with delivery people? I tip them well. Even um, if they're terrible? Even if they're upset because I, I see the guys that you know do the same thing I do. Uh-huh. And they could be just like one of the other guys, and I'm hoping that if I tip them at least decent, mm. the next customer won't have to put up with the same thing. I hear you. Okay, that's, that's a good You're right. a better person than I am. You that's made pretty our good. employee quit. 37 thanks. to $45,000. No, Chad, he was kidding. Just, he was joking, free. Chad. He was, he was joking. He, he meant a month. <laughs>
Oh. Yeah, he meant <laughs> not New Year. He makes it in a month. Hey, Beth. Hey, Cooper. Now, uh, Beth, when you work when you work hard at a job and you're really good at it, and somebody else does it worse, it's frustrating to see. It's very frustrating, especially when you then have people walking around with dogs that are not behaving well. I'm a dog trainer, mm-hmm. and the worst thing is when trainers don't know how to teach walking nicely. So you have people being pulled around by dogs and their trainer not telling them what they're supposed to do so that their dog walks nicely next to them. Now, is that because trainers become trainers because they just love dogs and want to be around them and they don't actually go get any training themselves as to how to be with dogs? It depends on where you're at. Um, Mm. Some stores have mandatory training. Other Mm. places, you don't know what you're going to get. So it's always good to look and, and ask what sort of credentials the people have where they've gotten their training from. And is it hard for you not to correct other dog trainers if you see what they're doing is wrong? Uh, you, I try to. Um, sometimes you get really good reception. Sometimes mm-hmm. they blow you off. Mm. But at least you try. Right. And at least, like, hopefully, maybe, like, the people who are their students would hear and maybe correct what their dog's doing. So you're lucky because you're in a position where if you got a dog, you can be the trainer. You don't have to go hire another trainer to train your dog. Mm-hmm. That's good. No. Yeah. All yeah, but not- if somebody's doing it wrong, it, it'd make you mental. It, it really does. And, like, I stop people uh, almost all the time and correct what they're doing with their dog. And sometimes, and the people are quite often really receptive to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get people who are assholes and just blow you off, and they're like, my ways of... Too much. I wonder what she thinks of Caesar Milan. Like, I wonder the what do you dog think? Whisperer, of him? Yeah, the dog whisperer. Yeah, he's very controversial. He is very controversial. I have friends that are in PETA. You uh, know, they're they're real, and they they don't like him. They think he's too harsh on the doggies. I've heard that a lot. Um, well, it but, seems like it because when he's walking around with those dogs, he's pulling her neck and doing all this other stuff. That can't be good for the dogs. No, but see, but I've watched the show and I've seen him be benevolent with dogs. Yeah, but I mean, your I mom pulled you by the ear. You turned out fine. That's true. Yeah, but that's that's a yanking by the the the, the thingy hoochie bird. I guess it depends. <laughs> it depends what's wrong with the dog. You know, some dogs need their hoochie bird pulled. Yeah, but you pull the hoochie bird real hard, and it it looks like it hurts the dog. Well, look at the reaction of the dog afterwards. I mean, I have seen some episodes, and I'm like, he's gone a little too far. I guess if the dog is, I don't know, aggressive. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Well, because you hang around dogs, do you do you agree with what he does? I don't hang around with dogs with behavior problems like that. But, I mean, you're at the dog shows all the time, and you see how people treat dogs. Do you agree with what he does? I don't know enough about dog training to comment. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I uh, I love dogs. Hmm. I couldn't see. I mean, the way I trained my dogs was sort of with a firm voice. I didn't really. But who knows? Maybe it's effective if you have a real aggressive dog. I don't know. I've never had a really aggressive dog, so I can't comment. Right. We can take Dave. Okay. Hi, Dave. Hi, Cooper. Now, Dave, what what do you do for a living? Well, I'm retired, actually, but uh, what did you do? Well, I was I was in the Air Force. Oh, really? I spent 20 years in aircraft maintenance. And do you have trouble when you see people do what you do, but they do it worse? Oh, I have more than trouble. I'm terrified. <laughs> see, Cooper, I used to like to travel by air, but now I know all the stuff that can go wrong. <laughs> 
I've been on three flights where I was convinced we were all going to die, and I'd be the only one who knew why. Okay, oh. I so don't want to hear this because I have to fly somewhere soon. Should, 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 should I never fly again? Okay, I won't tell you any bad stories. How about if I tell you one that you probably won't understand? No, okay, tell, good. I tell like us that a one. bad story. I want to know a bad story. Yeah, we want to hear a bad story. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, like the time I was at Kennedy Airport and just sitting there waiting for my flight and watching, uh, watching through the glass as one, of the, as one of the maintenance technicians pulls this air hose. It's, it's for supplying compressed air to start the engines uh-huh. over to a Boeing 707. So it was a really long hose, right? And he just mm-hmm. hauls it out of the truck, and there's this huge tangle in the middle. And I'm sitting there watching him, and I'm thinking, if I did that to start up an F-4 fandom, I'd be up on charges. Yes. All right, because the hose has to be straight, because the air is under really high pressure. The hose can explode, so when he goes ahead and pressurizes it, I'm, I'm sitting there wondering, I wonder if the pieces of that hose are going to go through this glass. Oh. oh. Were you banging on the window and pointing? No, he never would have heard that. Not ever. Wait, so what'd you do? <laughs> there was nothing to do but watch and hope oh. none of the pieces hit me. <laughs> grab, hope grab, pieces some, hit you. grab some popcorns and turn to the person next to you and go, watch this. That's this is going to be good. <laughs> or the time I was flying on a nice placid flight and sitting over the wing and I looked o- over, the, uh, over the aluminum and I see a screw with a rusted head and I think, oh, galvanic corrosion. <gasps> Did you land okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the plane stayed in one piece, but I wasn't in a good mood after that. Oh, gosh. Dave, I'm taking you with me from here on in. (laughs) Dave, if the pilot passes out, can you land the plane? No, I was not taught to fly, just to fix them. I think fixing is much more important. No, not if you're in the plane. (laughs) I want want the airplane to work. (laughs) You can figure it out, though. You, You could probably land it better than we could. Yes, I, I could do uh, <laughs> possibly. I know how the controls work. At well, least you know which you way the the plane's supposed to go. You know which way the nose is. Yeah, keep the pointy end forward. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's a very hot tip, Dave. Thank you. And Cooper just emailed her travel agent, looking into Greyhound <laughs> and booking a seat for Dave. Yeah, <laughs> I'll need two seats, control, please. Air traffic controllers got fired. I used to tell everybody I knew, hey, when you hear a jet fly over, look up. I mean it. Uh oh. Wow! Now wait. Now not only am I scared to fly, I'm scared to walk. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dave. <laughs> thanks, Dave. You just scared the crap out of hey, all of hey, us. What do you do for a living? Oh, I work on planes. I think we're gonna die. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see that screw right there? We're gonna die. Yeah, that, what? That, screw, that screw's seen better days. <laughs> yeah, not good. Hello, Millie. Hello. So, Millie, what do you do for a living? I worked at a deli the whole time I was in college, mm-hmm. and it's stinky, crappy work, and I understand that probably nobody that works in the deli is happy, but you still have to wear a hairnet and wash your hands and put gloves on and do it right, and whenever I go to a deli, I'm always afraid to eat the meat after I leave because I <laughs> yell at them about, you know, you didn't wash your hands, you need to... Go wash your hands first before you touch that. And that must be so hard to stand behind the counter as a customer and watch somebody do what you do and know that maybe their hands have been somewhere else before they touch your sandwich. Well, yeah, and and just, ugh. And they don't, you know, clean the slicer between. Yeah, you're supposed to. There's all these rules. And you just know, after so many years, I just knew what to do. And it drives me crazy, and they'll do it. And I'll say, okay, now that you're done, I'm going to need you to put a hairnet on, wash your hands, throw that away. Put some gloves on and do it again. And make me, and make me a real sandwich, yeah. 
I'm not eating that. Have you told somebody to wash their hands before? Yes. Uh, actually, at one of the big um, stores that have a deli in it, I, after she was done, I said, okay, I'm going to need you to throw that away and wash your hands. Because she didn't wash her hands. Good for That's you. I can't eat. After working in there and seeing the things that I've seen, there's no way I'm eating anything until I know that they have gloves on, at least. Yeah, because because the rules aren't just arbitrary. I mean, they're they're federal rules. Everybody has to follow, right? When they yes. when they have oh, a restaurant or deli, yeah. Oh yeah, federal. Well, that and the health inspectors, and I just um, if I was a health inspector, you would be fired. You need to go put on a hairnet, and wash your hands. Good for you. And they you. try to wear little visors, and I'm like, that's not a hairnet. Yeah. <laughs> that's a visor. That doesn't work. Look, if I had to wear a hairnet, you got to wear a hairnet, right. lady. That's right. I wore a hairnet for four years. Yes. You can put one on. <laughs> and wash your hands. <laughs> and wash your hands before you touch my lunch meat. <laughs> and, see, and that's good that we know that, Millie. Thank you, because if we go to a deli and the person is not wearing a hairnet and has not washed their hands, we're going to pretend we're you. Yeah, and we're going to yell at them. We're going to yell at them. Wash your hands.